Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers, joined by Solomon Ashoms and Adrian Barnard. And on this week's show, we reflect on Nigeria's performance in the men's football at the Rio Olympics as they came away with a bronze medal. Also with the 2017 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers on next weekend, we speak to young Nigerian Victor Osimen, who's been included in the Super Eagles squad. I just want to thank them one and I want to keep working hard to, to, to get to that place, to that standard where I've set for myself. And we look at how the big teams are shaping up in the English Premier League as Kenya's Victor Wanyama is making an impact at Tottenham. Now Spurs have already got some great midfielders such as the England internationals of Eric Dyer and Deli Alley, And so bringing in another proven midfielder like Wanyama to White Hart Lane gives Pochettino more options. That's coming up later. So the 2016 Rio Olympic Games are over. The USA finishing top of the medals table and Nigeria winning bronze in the men's football. We'll talk about that shortly. And the hosts Brazil got the gold medal that they wanted more than any other, meaning that things ended on a high for Brazilians. We had a team in Rio covering the games. Here's Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss. They've done it. It went to penalties, but Brazil have won gold in the men's football tournament here in Rio de Janeiro at the 2016 Olympics. They're the first home nation to win the tournament on home turf. This is quite a moment here. We're standing in the port side where thousands of people have gathered in central Rio to watch this moment. They've had a tough time. It's been a tough couple of years. We were here in 2014 when they were devastated after losing to Germany 7-1 in the World Cup. Brazil is in a difficult place economically and politically. There's been lots of negative stories in the media. What a contrast of emotions to two years ago. I remember so clearly standing on Copacabana Beach after losing 7-1 to Germany. We had Brazilians all around us in tears, crying. It was the end of the world for them. Football, their sports that they know and love. Humiliated in front of the world. But now... Today, what a contrast. Beat the Germans, gold medal at the sport they love. What a moment. And what a fantastic moment for this country, for this city here in Rio. I'm sure there'll be a lot of partying tonight. And just describe that moment, because penalties are always tense, always nerve-wracking, horrible to watch, so dramatic. But that moment when Neymar scored the winning penalty... And there was almost a sense of relief and jubilation at the same time. Without doubt, and what a pressure moment. But Neymar, it's all about this kid sometimes. He scored an amazing free kick, the first goal. He got the winning penalty after so cruelly getting injured two years ago. He's finally had his moment to win gold for Brazil. And what a moment that is. Well, let's have a word with some Brazilians here in Rio to see what they think of the result. I'm really happy. It's unbelievable. It's the best game. I'm really happy because I, I saw other people have a happiness again. It's, it's amazing, amazing. I'm really excited. I think uh, the last uh, World Cup is very sad for the, all the people. It really, now, nobody uh, believes Brazil is, is winning. Nobody, nobody. So this is... A, 
It's, we need this. We really need this. Germany wins uh, two years ago, and now it's not a revenge, but uh, finally one medal of gold. We never will revenge the World Cup. It's the badly experience of our lives. It's very bad. But today we win. That's matter. My mind to have a, a country that loves the football and the, the soccer player and we like to play soccer and uh, we need to to stay stay alert with the the problems that we have in our country but we need to enjoy it because uh, we need to 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 play to be happy and uh, the soccer it's a thing that uh, we like i think we are in the way to be like the, the old uh, team that we had we are in the way and I think it's good for us. So there we have it, gold for Brazil in the men's football. A winning penalty by Neymar and a very happy Rio de Janeiro. A great atmosphere here tonight. It really is. To end these Olympic Games on this kind of note, Brazil winning a gold in a sport they love, um, just fantastic. So a great night here in central Rio in the port. A chance for the Brazilians to celebrate and enjoy two of the things they love the most, football and a good party. Well, what a way to end the Olympics. Brazil having the most successful Olympic Games ever and winning men's football gold for the first time. Thanks a lot to Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss for that, and we'll have more from them later as they take us on a trip around Rio. So Brazil beat Germany in the final, while Nigeria won the bronze medal match, beating Honduras 3-2. Nigeria had won gold in 1996, silver in 2008, and now bronze in 2016. So what do you feel about the bronze medal, Solomon? The preparation was not the best. There was a lot of problems. But I just feel that if those problems were eliminated and even Nigeria had gotten one of the two players which they needed in the person of Kelechi Ohianacho from Manchester City and um, Odion Igalo from Watford, I feel that would have really reinforced the team and be able to compete better. So a credit must go to uh, John Michel Obi and the players for going through some of these huddles and really performing. Congratulations to them, but I just feel Nigerians football need to get their house in order. A lot is going on wrong right now and we need to put everything together. Well, thanks, Solomon. And we ask for your views on Nigeria's Olympic men's football bronze medal on Facebook and on WhatsApp. And Obina is in Nigeria. He says it was a decent performance considering the obstacles that the team faced prior to the tournament. The dream team turned up, but they were sadly outclassed by a German masterclass in the semi-finals. The team would have done better with a prolific striker in Odion Igalo or Kelechi Iannaccio, but here in Nigeria we are happy with the dream team, but not with the glass house, referring there to the Nigerian Football Association officials. The team showed resilience and doggedness against all odds, says Obena. 
Gemo is from Cameroon and living in South Korea. He says, I'm very proud of Nigeria for winning the bronze medal and representing Africa well. I hope the young talents will continue to excel and to replicate performances like this at the World Cup. Uh, thanks for that, Gemo. Abdullah Balde is in the Gambia. He says, Nigeria were superb. It's just that luck was not on their side to progress further. And congratulations to Brazil for winning their first Olympic football title, says Abdullah. What an achievement for Neymar. Indeed. James Ola Tunge Roberts in Sierra Leone says congratulations to Nigeria for the bronze medal. They've made Africa proud. They should have gone for the gold, but better luck next time. And I hope my country Sierra Leone will reach the next Olympic finals. Sambu Jang from the Gambia says their performance is good, but they need to improve on it more. They are our African continental pride. Ishmael Saidu Kanu from Sierra Leone says Nigeria did really well at this year's Olympics. They were just unlucky not to make it to the final. They made Africa proud. I hope the authorities will learn from this ahead of Tokyo 2020. Tokyo hosting the next Olympic Games. Sana Jaune in the Gambia makes an astute observation. Sana says Nigeria were very good on the pitch. It was just that the management off the field was poor. But congratulations to John Michelo B and all the players. Desmond Tunde Koka is in Sierra Leone. He says, I think Nigeria did well. Considering the nature of this year's competition, it was really tight, even though Africa didn't do that well generally. But Desmond says improvement is coming. And one thing I'm sure about is to watch out for Africa at the next Olympic Games. Bai Mata Sanyang from the Gambia is full of praise. He says Nigeria were magnificent. Many weren't expecting them to reach even the quarterfinals due to the poor running of their football and their delays in getting to Rio. They are absolutely great. And from Malawi, Albert Kadzombe says they performed extremely well. I'm sure Africa is proud of them. Lama Jalo in the Gambia says congratulations to the Nigerian Olympic team. For me, they did well. They're the only African team to win three different medals in this football tournament. It really is a good performance, says Lama. David Silva is also in the Gambia. I uh, wonder if that's your real name, uh, David. He says with all the obstacles they faced prior to the game, it is indeed a very good performance from the team. They made Nigeria and Africa proud. But Africa must learn from developed countries, says David. If we want good results at the Olympics, we should be ready to invest. Great Britain did it and it paid off well for them this time around. Congratulations to the boys. So David's saying if African nations want success at the Olympics in football and in other sports, nations have to invest in facilities and in coaches. And several listeners have just one word to say. Alfred Mdimba in Malawi says outstanding. Usman J.C. Bar in the Gambia says superb. Oms K. Baji also in the Gambia says fantastic. And Fode G says brilliant. However, not everyone agrees. Duru Chidi Reginald in the Gambia says their performance was very poor, though it was due to their poor preparations prior to the Games. And from Ghana, Hawa agrees. She says they're rather coming down instead of sailing higher. From gold to silver to bronze. Who knows what's next, says Hawa. Kenny Smith in Sierra Leone is also unimpressed. He says Nigeria were very poor considering their performances in past years. They need to step up. 
Well, these are all valid points, but uh, in fairness, Nigeria can point to the fact that they progressed much further in the tournament than either of the other two African nations, with Algeria and South Africa both going out at the group stages and Algeria going there with high expectations. Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. And uh, this week we're asking, is Victor Wanyama set for a good season? The Kenyan was one of the big African signings ahead of the new English Premier League season. And he scored last week in the 1-0 win over Crystal Palace. So is Wanyama set for a good season? Send us your thoughts on WhatsApp to plus 447955232780. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and more on Victor Wanyama coming up later. Now the final round of 2017 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers are on next weekend, and a surprise inclusion in the Nigeria squad is Victor Osimen. Osimen is just 17. He wasn't in the Nigeria Olympic squad, although he did play in the qualifiers. He's with German club Wolfsburg and was the top goal scorer at last year's FIFA Under-17 World Cup, which Nigeria won. Osimen has been with the Under-20 national team this year and it was great news for him last weekend being called up to the senior team for next weekend's 2017 Nations Cup qualifier against Tanzania. But many Nigeria players have shone at youth level but failed to make it at senior level. For example, Macaulay Chrysantis, who was the top goalscorer at the 2007 Under-17 World Cup, but has never hit the heights at senior level. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji met up with Victor Osimen recently. This just before he had the news of making it to the senior squad. And Oluwashina first asked Osimen if he's surprised by his rise in Nigerian football. No, I wasn't surprised, but it came too, too early and I, I just want to use the opportunity I have to, to continue to make the nation proud, continue to make uh, my fans happy and I, and I believe in God to do that for me. What's the last 12 months been for your life and your career? When you look at everything you've achieved, top scorer at the Under-17 World Cup, winning the World Cup, I mean winning the Under-23 Championship in Africa. What's the last one year been personally for you? I just can't explain it. I'm, I'm so overwhelmed. I think it's not by my power. It, uh, it has been the grace of God. I'm just happy. I'm just happy. And, and I want to thank um, Coach Emmanuel Amunike for believing in me. I just want to thank um, Coach Samson Siasia for believing in me and I just want to thank them one and I want to keep working out to, to, to get to that place, to that standard where I've set for myself. When you look at yourself, you look at the big names in Nigerian football that has finished as top scorer at the FIFA Under-17 World Cup and the way their career has gone. People have started comparing you to everyone, but Nigerians are, f- are scared that when you look at a player like Chris Santos Macaulay, he was top scorer, everyone expected so much. Are you worried that that pressure, the expectations... Could have an effect on you too. No, I don't think so. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. On, I'm not in any under under pressure. I think I just want to continue to work hard, and I believe there is no there is no uh, shortcut to success when you work hard and you believe in what you are doing. And, and I don't think mine will be like there's that of um, Chris Santos or Andy Race. I think I'm going to continue to soar higher by his grace. You mentioned your ambition of progressing and making it to the Super Eagles someday. When you look at the way your career is progressing, are you on the right track? I think so. I think so. I think um, with the people guiding me, uh, I'm on the right track. And, uh, and by the special grace of God, it has been an every player dream in Nigeria to play for the Super Eagles. And I think mine is not an exceptional exception. I just want to continue to work hard and hopefully by the grace of God, I'll get my chance to play there. 
That's Victor Osimen speaking to Oluwashina Okaleji. So, Solomon, exciting for Osimen to be included in the senior squad at the age of 17, but there are these examples such as Macaulay Chrysantis of talented Nigerian youngsters who've disappointed at senior level. So what do you think we can expect from Victor Osimen? For Victor Osimen, uh, I feel he's been able to make some right choices. 17 right now. He cannot even sign a proper contract with a European club because you need to be 18 for you to sign that. So, And he got the opportunity to sign for Arsenal, but he decided to go with Wolfsburg in the German Bundesliga because for him, Arsenal did though a great club, but he felt as a young player, as a player who needs to go through a lot of development, Wolfsburg offers him a better opportunity for him to do that, which I feel is really wise. He cannot sign a contract, like I said, right now because he's still 17. He can only sign a contract in January of 2017. Uh, but between now and then, he would be going through a whole lot of a program that would really help him. And you have to look for a league that suits uh, your style of play. And I feel uh, for him to choose the German Bundesliga is going to go a long way. He has a style of Didier Drogba and Kanu Wanko mixed together. We hope that that talent would get some sort of good nourishment as he grows older and also better into a world-class player, a world-class striker. Well, thanks, Solomon. Uh, No doubt Victor Osimen is a great young talent. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And it's a busy time. The English Premier League and the La Liga now underway. The Olympic Games just ending. Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers on next weekend. And the group stage of the CAF Champions League has just come to an end. And in the Champions League, we'll have a North African semi-final and a Southern African semi-final. The Group A winners, Widad Casablanca of Morocco, will play Egypt's Zamalek, while Zesco United of Zambia will face the Group B winners, Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa. So, Solomon, the eight-time champions, Al-Athli of Egypt, didn't make it to the semi-finals, and Zambia's Zesco United there for the first time. Yes, Steve, uh, <laughs> Al Hali didn't make it. Al Hali is the most successful Africa Champions League club. Not making it to the semi-finals, not good enough, you know. But we have Zambia's Zesco United, and Zesco for the first time in their history getting through to the semi-final out of the group stage. And so Wadaid Casablanca topped their group. Zesco came second. Uh, Mamelodi Sundown topped their group, and and Zamalek came second. So the semi-final is kind of like a regional semi-final. Mamelodi Sundowns have played in the final of the Africa Cup Champions League before. That is in 2001, and they lost to Al Hali, and that was the closest they come. You know, some of the clubs that we as expected get to the summer final and not there. Ayimba FC. I also expected a bit more from Asek Mimosas. Uh, it just shows how much clubs are beginning to want it. Uh, close clubs are beginning to want to compete, or want to grow and want to really uh, be out there and, and be the best in the African continent. Well, it's going to be exciting. The semi-finals on next month over two legs. Thanks, Solomon. Let's talk English Premier League now as Planet Sport Football Africa's Adrian Barnard joins me from the UK. And Adrian, the African star of week two of the Premier League was Kenya's Victor Wanyama getting Tottenham's goal as they beat Crystal Palace 1-0. A sign may be that Wanyama could be an important player for Tottenham this season, having moved from Southampton, Adrian. Well, yes, Steve, of course, that's exactly what the Spurs boss Mauricio Pochettino is hoping for. 
Pochettino, you remember, signed Wanyama from Celtic when he was manager at Southampton in 2013. So he knows all about the 25-year-old and what he can bring to Tottenham. Now, Spurs have already got some great midfielders, such as the England internationals of Eric Dyer and Deli Alley, And so bringing in another proven midfielder like Wanyama to White Hart Lane gives Pochettino more options. He's more of a defensive player too than either Dyer or Ali, but uh, as we saw against Palace on Saturday, he can have a big impact coming up for corners. And uh, in a tight game like the one against Palace, that can make all the difference. Now, in September 2013, Wanyama was voted the Premier League's African Player of the Month after his impressive performances for Southampton against Swansea City and Hull, expecting to pick up more awards like that this season. Well, you can give us your views on Victor Wanyama on Facebook and on WhatsApp this week. I'll give you the details at the end of the show again. And looking at the early indications, Adrian, Manchester City, Manchester United and Chelsea, all with two wins out of two and with fixtures this weekend that all look very winnable. Well, Steve, the way Manchester City have come charging out of the blocks this season, they already look like Usain Bolt in the 100 metres and it might be hard to catch them up even now. The mark of a good team or player, of course, is the ability to bounce back when you get things wrong. And the City striker Sergio Aguero has already shown that in the early days of the season. Now, he missed two penalties in the 5-0 Champions League qualifier win away to Stoya Bucharest. But last Saturday, he made no mistake from the spot, confidently firing in the first goal as City won a potentially tricky fixture 4-1 at Stoke. And uh, Nigeria's young striker Kelechi Iheanacho provided an assist in that game. He's clearly part of new boss Pep Guardiola's long-term plans, even if Yaya Toure and now the England goalkeeper Joe Hart apparently are not. And it's interesting, Steve, that Guardiola's already mentioned that the club's owners are looking for instant success. And so far, that's what he's delivering. West Ham are the visitors to the Etihad on Sunday, but it'll be City who pick up all three points. City's rivals Manchester United travel to Hull City, who've surprised many so far with two wins out of two. So could Hull be the new Leicester? (laughs) Well, Steve, no, I don't think so. They have shown enough spirit to suggest they won't be candidates for relegation, but winning the title, well, that's another matter altogether. Both sides in this fixture have 100% records, so something has to give. Hull's stand-in manager Mike Phelan played over 100 games for United, so he'll be very keen to turn one over on his former employers. United's boss Jose Mourinho has avoided any controversy so far this season, instead focusing on restoring the fortunes of the Old Trafford outfit. Now, as Latan Ibrahimovic is clearly enjoying himself in the Premier League, he's got nothing to prove, of course, after his brilliant career in Europe. And with three goals already this season, he'll be a handful for the Hull defence, featuring the Egyptian fullback Ahmed El Mohamedi. I fancy a close result in this one, but uh, with all three points going to United. And now, Steve, Chelsea complete the list of four teams with maximum points so far. And uh, as an aside, it's interesting that each of the four teams with six points out of six has a new manager at the helm this season. And at Chelsea, Antonio Conte is already making a big impression. Now, what can we say about striker Diego Costa? Well, he's never far away from the action, is he? And many people were surprised that he didn't get sent off in Chelsea's first game against West Ham. But he stayed on the pitch to score a late winner. And he was at it again last weekend, knocking in another late goal to win the game at Watford. 
On Saturday, newly promoted Burnley are the visitors to Stamford Bridge and there'll be no pushovers. They've already got a win against Liverpool under their belts. But looking at the strength of the two squads, you have to say, Steve, that it'll be a big surprise if Chelsea don't come away with all three points. Well, a good start for Chelsea. It could be three wins out of three for them, thanks to Adrian Barnard in the UK. Well, before we go, let's get a bit more on the 2016 Rio Olympics and a taste of what it was like to be there in Rio for the Games that ended last Sunday. Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss were our team there in Rio, and the city's hosting of the Olympics is generally being seen as a success, but the transport network struggled to cope with the numbers of fans, athletes and officials there. Tom and Andy sent us this feature during the Games. It's 8.50 in the morning here in Rio de Janeiro and we're just leaving our base in Curicica as we make our way to one of the many venues across the city. One of the main themes for us during the Games so far has been the travel and the time it takes to get across the city on the various different transport networks. So today we thought we'd take you on a journey with us as we travel to the Diodoro Stadium to watch the hockey. So Andy, we've just left our base here in Curicica and we're on the first leg of our journey, which is a little walk to find a taxi. Yeah, this bit's always um, quite fun, actually. Um, it's kind of guess how far we get towards the BRT station before we can find a yellow taxi. We broke our record last time. We got quite far, walked about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, so today, let's see if we can get further or if by some miracle, one comes along a bit earlier. And just to point out, the BRT system is a rapid bus transport system which has been put in place, especially with the Games in mind. So there are these special Olympic lanes which basically bypass the normal traffic. And traffic is notoriously bad here in Rio de Janeiro. So we're making our way to Praça do Bondelim, which is the first stop. Oi. Olá. Tudo bem? Tudo bom. Uh, Praça do Bondelim. Praça do Bondelim. Praça do Bondelim. We're in the taxi, attempting to have a conversation in English and Portuguese. And I think we're en route for Prata de Bondelim, which is the bus station. Past a mixture of schools, churches, little shops, mountains in the background, cars and bikes roaming the roads. Okay, so we're on the BRT bus to Majuera. And these buses, they're quite comfortable if you get a seat and the aircon's generally on, so they're quite, they're quite smooth and reasonably quick, aren't they, Andy? Um, but you do need to hold on tight, as, as you found out the other day, Tom. If you don't hold on tight, you end up falling into people and having to apologise. We're on the train towards Santa Cruz from Majorera towards the Diodoro Olympic zone. Andy, as we're kind of cramped up here against the door, it's quite tempting to get frustrated and tired by these journeys. We've spent a lot of time travelling, sometimes five hours during a day, and we think back to London 2012 and the infrastructure that's in place and the speed and the ease of getting around. But actually, this is part of what makes it the Rio Games, isn't it? We wouldn't want another London Games. Oh, without doubt. And listen, we know how... uh frustrating sometimes the travelling has been here and times when we've 
had to wait for a train to be told that it's going to take longer, it's been cancelled or it's busy or we've had to get several different buses, metro, trains, etc, etc. But listen, each place has its little pitfalls, but we love it. I'm just looking out the window now. You see a bit of rear, you can see the, the mountains, the hills, um, and even on a cloudy day like today, it's just a different experience, and that's what we're here for. It's quarter past ten, and we're on the home straight, the final stretch of our journey to the Diodoro Stadium today to watch the hockey at Rio 2016. We've just got off at Magalos Bastos Station after a rather crowded journey, and we're now walking with the hordes of fans, the hordes of sports fans here, towards the Olympic Zone. And as we make our way towards the hockey stadium, nice little surprise as we pass a brass band playing on the side of the road. The sun's coming out, things are looking up. We've made it, it's 10.40 and we've arrived at the hockey stadium here in Diodoro. It's taken about one hour and 50 minutes. We've walked past military barracks in this kind of industrial area of Diodoro. We've arrived at the hockey stadium with sweaty backs. But as they say, Andy, it all works out in the end. Uh, a bit hot, but listen, we're here now, looking forward to getting, maybe get a nice cold matchaleo, that's a nice kind of green tea, settle down and watch for hockey. Well, so the transport certainly was a challenge in Rio de Janeiro. That's Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss there, and thanks to them for all of their coverage from the Rio Olympics. Well, that's it for the show for this week, but on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking, is Victor Wanyama set for a good season? The Kenyan has made a bright start at Tottenham. Is he set for a good season? Send us your thoughts on WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. From me, Steve Vickers, from Solomon Ashams, Adrian Barnard and Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss who are at the Rio Olympics, thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a Passion for Sport production.